Today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, we'll discover how God's bigger picture becomes clear when you begin to raise your passion level for Him. You may say, well, I don't have a real big calling on my life. No, your calling's as big as anybody else's calling. Maybe the way God has wired you and calling you is not going to impact as many numbers of people, but it's just as important and just as big and just as supernatural and just as divine. It's you, wired by God, to make a difference with passion. Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church and President of Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. Well, here at Bold Steps Weekend, we have a growing number of Mark's messages archived online, along with a variety of resources designed to help you find the passion and calling in your life. So we'd love for you to go online and explore today. Click on the Bold Resources tab at boldstepsweekend.org. Now, today we're learning how to rise in order to live our best life yet. And so we're turning to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16. Mark is going to start by recapping last week's message for us. The message is called Passion, and here's Mark Job. You see, my father became a believer when he was 18 years old. And he had been quite a character. And he made a couple decisions at that time. He had two prized possessions in his life. He had a girlfriend that he really liked. And he had a car that he liked more than his girlfriend, I think. <laughs> when God got a hold of his life, he started feeling this call. I want to follow God with all my heart. And in his mind, following God meant that he was going to go wherever it took to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he went to his girlfriend and he told her, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. I think God's called me into ministry. And she said, well, God hasn't called me into ministry. You can go alone. So he... he so she left him. And in order to go to school, to go to Bible college, he had, actually had to sell his car. I think he cried more over his car than over his girlfriend, but he sold his car. He went there, and there was a passion inside of him to go preach the gospel. He wanted to go preach the go gospel to the tribal groups in the jungles of Ecuador. So he signed up to go there. The mission board that he signed up had nothing in Ecuador, so he ended up in the mountains of Chile Married my mom, ended up in the mountain in, in Chile, uh, riding horseback to these little villages up in the mountains, dirt floors, witch doctors, people had never heard, never opened a Bible, uh, speaking to them about Jesus. I was six months old when they left there. You see, all of his friends around him were saying, you're crazy. You've never even been out of the country. Why would you want to go to some jungle? Why would you want to go to some other country? You don't speak Spanish. You're a big white guy. But you see, here's the thing. When we have a passion in our heart and a call on our life, what other people run from, we run too. Do you understand it? It stirs up a courage and a boldness. And so what other people thought, that's crazy, you're going to die. How could you take your kids to live in some semi-developed area? And we lived in a semi-developed area. Our roofs in the house we lived in in Chile, we had to put rocks on them so they wouldn't blow away, literally. My mom says when she sprayed the flea stuff, there's fleas jumping all over and 
Some neighbors would have to chase down the road, chase their roofs down there when it was windy to go back, take it back to the little sort of huts they lived in. We lived in that. Very different than what most people in the American standard have said people should live by. But what, what, what drew him? A call. Call. Passion. Like that's what God has called us. Well, other people say you're crazy. You run to it. You may have another passion. I don't know what your passion is. But God has wired you to make a difference. God has gifted you to make a difference. God has placed something inside of you that's different than him or her. It's your unique call. But he's given you a passion for that, a desire for that, a burden for that, something that's bigger than you, something that's outside of you, something that will make a difference in people's life, something that's engineered by God, wired into your system, written before the foundations of the world. It's your call, it's your destiny, it's your purpose. It's something that has nothing to do with self-centeredness and has nothing to do with your comfort and your desires and has everything to do with God. God and His purposes and something that's much bigger than you. It's wired into everybody. It's not for the missionaries and the pastors. It's not for the evangelists and the nuns. It's for every single person that lives and breathes and knows God. It's Amen. for all of us. Amen. That calling doesn't look the same for all of us. And there's no big calling and little calling. You may say, well, I don't have a real big calling on my own. No, your calling's as big as anybody else's calling. Maybe the way God has wired you and calling you is not going to impact as many numbers of people, but it's just as important and just as big and just as supernatural and just as divine as anybody else's call. It's you, wired by God, to make a difference with passion. And the Bible says that as David grew close to this giant of a man, you see, God had called David to lead Israel. He had given a call in that area. So when it came to leading, passion stirred up. As the armies drew back, David drew closer. And um, the other thing I want you to know about whatever you pursue and your calling in life is this. Is that spiritual passion will always be tested by criticism and personal attacks. Uh, just take it for granted that whatever you're going to do, if you do it well and you throw yourself into it, someone's not going to like it. You know, Pastor, I'm real bad at criticism. I mean, if they criticize me, I think I'm going to shrivel up. Get used to it. Life, in life, there will be criticism. You never stub your toe unless you walk. So if you're afraid of stubbing your toe, you're just going to sit in your house all day and not take any risk. Notice who criticized him the most. It was the people from his own family. It tells us in verses 28 to 32, how many of you have older siblings? You have older brothers and sisters. How many of you are the youngest? You're, you're the baby in the family. Let me see all the babies. Raise up nice and high. Okay. Now, if you're the baby of the family, you know that in your, while you're growing up, they're always going to say, you can't. You're too little for this. Mom, did they have to tag along with us? Because babies always sort of get this 
pushed on them that they can't, they're too little, they're too small, you can't hang out with the big boys. And you know what, there's something just wired into siblings, I think. And David's brothers were the same way. Look at this conversation with David's brothers. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger. And he asked, why have you come down here, little brother? And with whom did you leave those few little sheep out in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down here only to watch the battle. And now David, you know, so he's saying, hey, you little conceited, you just want to see blood, don't you? That's why you're here. Go back to your little sheep. Who are you anyway? This is for men. You're a boy. Get out of here. Sounds like an older brother, doesn't it? Yep. <laughs> now David's like a typical younger brother. Listen to him. What have I done? Said David. Can't I even speak? Doesn't that sound like a younger brother? What did I say now? Everybody's all against me. I can't even say anything. Everybody's down my throat. <laughs> then he turned away to someone else and he bought, brought up the same mat matter. And the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. So David was persistent, but he was criticized. Listen, there will be criticism. You want to pursue something for God, it'll be criticized. Listen, you want to follow God with all your heart and get, be more than just a nominal Christian, it'll be criticized. You want to take a step of believer's baptism, some people aren't going to like it. You want to get serious about following God and living for God, some people aren't going to like it. You want to really understand and make your family live for God and lead your family in a God way people aren't gonna like it you want to start going you want to go on a mission trip people are gonna say you're crazy how can you do that there anything you try to do for God anything you try to do to pursue your purposes there will always be critics welcome to life hey welcome to leadership over the years I've learned to be a lot tougher when I first started the pastor I wanted everybody to like me now I know, impossible, forget about it. And there'll always be things that people don't like. And the more you lead, the more people don't like you. And if you stand up for certain things, people like you less. Over the years, I've gotten death threats and letters sent to me with my name crossed out and stuff on them and watch your back and stuff and criticism and callings because the more you preach and speak, the more you do what God has called you to, you'll have people that don't like where you go and don't like what happens and, and, and are always going to stand up. And you have to learn to live with the fact that at times people, when you pursue your passion and your call, that people will not respond to it and people will come against what God is calling you to do. Don't get dissuaded. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Today's message will continue in just a moment, but before we do, we want to remind you that if you ever miss one of our daily teachings on the radio or you simply want to share one of these messages with a friend, you can always find Mark's teachings available on our website at boldstepsweekend.org. And if you'd enjoy listening to these Bible teachings while you're out for a walk or really anywhere on the go, be sure to subscribe to the Bold Steps Weekend podcast. You'll find us on most podcast apps like Apple, Spotify, and Audible by searching for Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job. We've heard from many of you how much you enjoy listening through your podcast app, and if you haven't already, we encourage you to leave a comment and a five-star review when you get there. 
And if you want to check out the special new video content coming out exclusively on the Bold Steps YouTube channel, be sure to subscribe there as well. Mark releases brand new videos every Tuesday on subjects like grief, living in unfair circumstances, and the healing power of God. You can subscribe today by searching for Bold Steps Radio on YouTube or type in youtube.com slash at Bold Steps Radio. Now, back to the second half of today's message. Here again is Mark Joe. And lastly, the final thing I want to leave you with is this. His spiritual passion will lead us to ventures that will stretch us and grow us beyond our comfort zone. Notice what happens here. David is being stirred with a passion. He says, I want to do something. It's not natural, it's supernatural. So they take him to Saul, and Saul says, hey, have you ever fought while I've killed a bear and a lion? Okay, here, put on my breastplate. Here's my shield, here's my sword. And David's clunking along, unable to do so, and he can't do it that way because you can't fight, you can't fight God's battle in someone else's armor. Hello? You know, God has wired you to be you. Don't try to be someone else. You're going to make a difference. Learn from other people, but don't try to be someone else. Be who God has wired you to be, because if not, you'll be clunking around in a David's armor, in a Saul's armor. God has called you to be you. Pursue your passion by who you are, not trying to be someone else. God has made you, wired you to be you. You are exactly what God had in mind when he created you. I don't like this. I want to be like... No, 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 no. You, you are who God created you to be. Now, sometimes we get steered off and we get character flaws and we get off track from who God created us to be. But God created you the way he really wanted you to be. If he wanted you to be someone else, he'd created someone else. You are who you are. Praise God you are who you are. Praise God you have the personality he gave you. Praise God you look the way you do. Wow. Some of you are happy about that. Some of you aren't that happy. Be who you are. That's who God called you to be. Don't try to be a Saul if you're David. Be who God's called you to be. Be happy in who God's called you to be. Use the talents he's given you. Don't try to be someone else to pursue the purposes of God. Don't clink around in Saul's armor. And then the Bible says that he finally began to rise up to approach the, uh, Gala- uh, the, the Goliath there. And I love this story. In fact, it was one of my son, my, my 13-year-old son now, when he was six, seven years old, uh, David was like his, everything was David and Goliath. He loved David and Goliath's story. He got swords and he played David and Goliath. And he, you know, boys love adventure. And I think he got a little distracted from the story sometimes. I was trying to bring out the spiritual lessons of courage. And so, Dad, what do you think? One chop cut, cut off a Goliath's head? Well, I think, son, that's a side point. Yeah, yeah, do you think he, he was able to pick up the head? And was there a lot of blood? Well, yeah, son, I, I, that, I don't think that's the main point of the story. Yeah, yeah, but do you think it was heavy carrying that blood? And okay, all right, son. You know, boys, they just, you know, blood and gore. They just love that part. They love that part of the story. But David goes towards Goliath, it says, and and he begins to defy the champion. And he begins to speak, and Goliath begins to uh, speak down to him. And he begins to 
defy David and he begins to speak against him. And, and verse 40, uh, uh, it says verse 42, he looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and yet he despised him. And he said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with the sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will strike you down, and I will cut off your head. He's speaking in faith. Today I will give your carcass to the Philistines. You see, he came in the power of God. And you know the famous story, he got those five smooth stones, and as Goliath approached him, he hurled them around, and he threw one of those stones, hit Goliath straight in the forehead, and this mighty giant fell down. Why? Because David had a call. And he pursued that passion to lead. He was not afraid. And you see, that passion and gifting will cause you to go places and do things that you would not do in the natural, that are driven by the supernatural power of God, that impel you forward, that take you beyond your natural abilities, that take you to places that you could never go in your own power. Why? Because it's the passion inside of you. The difference between David and a Saul, Saul was passionless. Listen, Saul, it was all about him. Number one, if all you're doing is living for yourself, you're a pretty shallow, discontent person. Because living for self, although it's appealing to begin with, it's a deadened street. Here's the other thing I know if you're living for yourself and it's all about you. If you're just living for yourself, I know that hedonism, which is the pursuit of pleasure just for ourselves, is ultimately one of the most miserable places to be. Because you live for self and you pursue happiness and you grab onto things that you think are going to make you happy. But finally, the more you grab, the less you have. The more you live for yourself, the more you try to get your own happiness, the more unhappy you are. And you wake up one day thinking, I've lived, I've worked hard, and look at what I have. I am a miserable person. Because happiness and joy is not the pursuit. It is a byproduct of living for the right things. When you live for God and pursue the purposes that you have in God, you will give and wake up one day and say, I am so fulfilled. Jesus said, if you want to keep your life, you're going to lose it. If you want to give your life away, you will gain it. If you try to grab on the life and try to grab on the things for yourself, you're going to lose it all and wake up one day with nothing. But if you give your life away for something bigger than you, something broader than you, something beyond yourself, then you will discover that you will find much fulfillment when you pursue the purposes of God that are much bigger than just you. Hello? Why is that so? Because God wired you that way. He made you that way. And when you violate his principles and live a pa passionless life and pursue nothing beyond yourself, then you end up pretty miserable. But when you finally say, God, I give it up, 
By the way, can I tell you, there's no such thing as a follower of Jesus Christ that doesn't give up control. You want to follow Jesus Christ? You've got to give up control. Oh, I don't like to give up control. Sorry. Sorry, pal. There's no other way to follow Jesus. Jesus didn't say, come and follow me and keep control of your life. Jesus, come and follow me, make me Lord of your life. Give up your life. Lay, take up your cross. Lose your life in me and you will gain your life. Pursue something bigger than you. Give yourself over to me and I will give you a purpose to your life bigger than who you are. About releasing. Saul lived for himself and went down the ladder. David lived for God and rose up the ladder. Back in the studio now, and Mark, I'm praying that someone listening to this very moment is making that decision to follow Jesus. Yeah, Wayne, this message applies to two people. Those of you that have never experienced a spiritual passion of really following God, and those people that are following Jesus, but you've lost the sense of passion of your calling. Mm. And so I want to challenge you if you have listened to this message and you say, hey, Pastor Mark, I have to say that I, I don't have any spiritual passion because I don't feel like I know God. I don't have a walk, a real personal walk with God. And I'm living sort of bland. I don't have a purpose, a higher calling. I don't understand who God has designed me to be. Then part of your problem is you need to surrender to Jesus and release control of your life like I just mentioned in this message. And I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna pray also for those of you that are Christians already, but you're living pretty much aimlessly without engaging in your call, without pursuing your passion. David, his heart had to be stirred up to his God-given passion. So let me pray. Father, I pray even right now for that person that knows they're far from you and are living an aimless life, maybe a life centered on themselves, but they know deep inside something is telling them, I've been made for more. I've been made to follow my God. I've been made to live for a purpose that's much bigger than me. And so I pray that you would give them the determination, the capacity, the faith, the humility to surrender to you, God, today and say, God, my life is not my own. I surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. I say, Jesus, come and be the savior of my life. Today, I choose to follow you, Jesus, and become a follower of yours as I surrender and embrace your lordship of my life and embrace a new destiny. And I pray for that believer, God, who's lost their way, who stopped living with a purpose and an aim. I pray that you would restore the passion of their calling. Maybe that pastor that's serving in ministry right now, but is serving without much zeal or passion, God, restore the passion the vision that you originally called them with. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark. And nothing would please us more than to help you take your next step with Jesus Christ. So go to our website and click on My Next Step at boldstepsweekend.org. That's boldstepsweekend.org. Mark? Hey, friends, today we have the great honor of sitting down in the studio with a very special Moody graduate, Dr. Gary Chapman. Gary, you've created quite a legacy and had quite an impact with your book, The Five Love Languages, that has helped countless couples grow closer together. But you also have a book that helps 
us grow closer to God. Yeah, that book is entitled God Speaks Your Love Language. <laughs> and I, I wrote it because people had asked me, what is God's love language? And I read again the scriptures and found out, hey, God speaks all five of these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is wonderful. But I also started looking about you know, how we can enhance our relationship with God. And just by nature, I think, if uh, physical touch is our love language, for mm-hmm. example— we're the kind of people just by nature, we raise our hands and worship God. We get on our knees when we pray. I mean, physically, we're involved with God, you know. And I think if people look at their love language and look at the way they normally worship God or love God, they're going to find there's a tremendous parallel there. It's a fascinating study. I love it. So there you go. I highly recommend that you get this book, God Speaks Your Love Language, especially if you're saying, I want to get closer to God and understand the language that I can express best my love to God. Again, the book is called God Speaks Your Love Language, and we'll send you a copy today when you give a financial gift to support this ministry. Call us at 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. Or request a copy of this Bold Step gift online at boldstepsweekend.org. Or commit to giving a monthly gift as a bold partner. We've made signing up simple and easy. Just go to boldstepsweekend.org. Remember, it's through your generous financial gifts that these messages and resources are made possible, allowing us to offer Mark's teaching across the radio, the internet, and on our social media platforms. Speaking of our social media platforms, you can connect with us online through your Facebook or Instagram account. We have a growing community of believers who would love to start engaging and interacting with you today. So log on to your Facebook or Instagram account and search for Bold Steps Radio. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us next week when Mark explains how fear and anxiety don't need to cause us to take control. We'll be learning to trust God's perfect timing. That's next week, right here on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Joe. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.